Hello, 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 drama listeners. This is Dylan. I am thrilled that you are about to listen to our episode with Blake Roman, who is just an absolute delight. He's one of the stars of Harmony, which is currently on Broadway, as well as the upcoming Amazon Prime series, Has Been Hotel. We get into it all. We also just hit it off in a way that reminds me how lucky we are to have the types of guests that we do on this podcast. In fact, I can say the same thing about everyone that we've had over the last couple of weeks, and honestly, always. The people that come on to drama are down to chat. They're down to be vulnerable and just chill. And I think that's why we have been chugging along. And here we are in 2024. And it means a lot if you're still listening or if you're new to the podcast and are enjoying it. Be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, where we have bonus episodes twice a month. You can be a part of our Instagram close friends. And of course, connect with Connor and I in more ways than just listening or messaging us online. So please enjoy this episode with Blake Roman, check out the Patreon, and let's get on with the show. Press play, curtain of an hour in, it's time to take spin, the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, how are you today? I'm great. Dylan, I have to tell you something. I'm hooked on a book and this was, this is my new year's resolution, which is to don't start a new TV show. Just Mm -hmm. pick up a book and you know, I can continue watching the shows that I've already watched. You know, if they're still airing, I got to catch up on, you know, my housewives or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but I need to finish a book that month before I start a new show. That's my thing right now. I think you should try and do like two a month. Oh, that's so hard. No. Okay, but anyway, so I need to tell you because I think you'd love this book, and we haven't talked about this yet. The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis, who famously wrote American Psycho, the book version. It's like a meta or auto fiction. I don't know the difference, but so basically it's like about him as a high school senior in the 80s, told from present day. So he's looking back on this time, but he's trying to... Okay, frame story. Okay, literally giving frame story, (laughs) but he's coming to grips with this horror that occurred in the summer leading up to his senior year, and then that fall to him and his group of friends at this elite prep school he's also like learning about his sexuality like he has a girlfriend but he's like hooking up with boys on the low but it's the 80s so like you know it's it's very it's giving stranger things in a way but also like john hughes but make it horror and it's leading up to this tragic event or events that are occurring girls are going missing there's break-ins you know very mysterious very eerie he's always feeling like he's being watched and this new boy shows up at their prep school first day of senior year and it's like okay why would someone start senior year you know something's off about this guy and he's like super hot very charming but there's more under the surface it is so good and i think it's great it's really i mean i don't normally like scary stuff but i think because it's fiction i can get through it but i think what's cool about it in the way it's written is because he's looking back on it he's not just like this is me now here's the past he's revealing his train of thought throughout it. He's like, and you'd never know, you know, that this would happen to this character. And you all of a sudden find out the fate of someone who, you know, oh, it, it, there's still yeah. so much of the book left. And you're like, wait, did he just spoil? But no, it really adds layers to the to the memory that he's experiencing and telling listener, or re- listeners, readers uh-huh. about. Um, <laughs> so highly recommend, but I needed to tell you because I, I know that. I only read four books in 2023, which is I very know. sad. Very sad. I, I probably watched hundreds of hundreds, thousands of hours of TV. So anyway, you know, it's so funny. My first instinct was that sounds like it would be a good miniseries. It's going to be one. It's going <laughs> to HBO so is doing of course, it. It's the, nothing can ever just be one thing. It always has to be everything. So I know. Like, that's like great. Podcasting. I'm proud of you. You know what happened to podcasts just being in your ears? Now they have to be a, a visual on YouTube, with TikTok clips, and it's really become a big thing. But anyway. I I know, I know, I know. I'm so proud of you. I'm glad that your books aren't just an aesthetic thing in the background of your Zoom calls now, that you'll actually be reading them. I've read none of these. Oh, I'm very excited about our guest today. Me too, because we've already been having so much fun. We've already been having fun. It's one of those things where when I'll talk about it later, I'll say, and I can't remember if that was something we discussed on the podcast or after, because we were just going from the start. But (laughs) um, someone who, and we told this to him beforehand, when looking at the cast of Harmony, we weren't sure who we wanted to have on. We consulted our friend, Matthew Mucha, aka Mooch. Friend of the pod. Yeah, he said, you can't go wrong any, any way you go. So we saw the show. 
on a blustery Thursday matinee where a fight nearly broke out between two old women in the audience in the final Chip Zion number towards the end. Oh, that was tough. That was really tough. By intermission, we knew who we wanted. (laughs) I know. Go for it. Our guest today is currently making a smash of a Broadway debut as Chopin in Harmony. He previously appeared off-Broadway in the same role last year and is receiving widespread acclaim for this debut, in addition to simultaneously stealing and breaking hearts on Broadway. Our guest will be playing the character Angel Dust in Vivian Pedrano's A24 animated series Has Been Hotel on Amazon Prime, which is premiering January 19th. He also appeared on Blue Bloods, the Broadway show with Tamsin Fadal, and more film and television shorts. This eerie PA native is also a singer and songwriter with a gorgeous sampling of his music on SoundCloud, including his EP, I Like It, and his acoustics album. Our guest has lent his talent to concerts, musical readings and workshops, and performances from Michigan to NYC, including Radio City Music Hall as Barry Manilow's guest with the rest of Broadway's comedian harmonists. We're thrilled to have this rising star with us today. Please welcome to drama, Blake, Blake Roman. Roman. Wow. Wow. Can you copy and paste that and send that intro to me? Because <laughs> I to your swear people. to God, every time I have to like write up a bio for something, I'm like, okay, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> I got you covered. I got you, Blake. No worries. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Blake, it's so nice to have you on here. As we mentioned, we're already having a blast with you. Are you well? I am well. I'm I'm very well. I mean, I'm tired as you can imagine, but happy tired if that's, you know, if we can put a hyphen in between that. So, totally. yeah, I'm 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 really good. I'm learning and thriving. I can honestly <laughs> say end of the year is always a rougher time because there's a lot of like you know, you're looking in retrospect at the at the whole year and it can be a little melancholic, but this year is um it's really shaping up to be a nice bookend. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad, glad to hear I'm, it. I'm good. And happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How old did you turn? I turned 28 this year. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're close in age. We, we turned 30 this year. Oh, so. fantastic. Whoa. Mm-hmm. We're 90s kids. How do, you, how do y'all <laughs> feel about uh, sharing a birthday? It's fun. Yeah. It's really, really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird because we usually always used to celebrate together. And then once we've, you know, branched out, and like I live in New York, Dylan lives in Columbus. Yeah. Having our own birthday parties and stuff feels very strange. I'm yeah, just used to having have all the attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I threw like a 30th this year and I invited all my friends and it just felt strange that it was just about me. Sure. You know? like, sure. <laughs> I get that. I mean, hey, hey, I don't have a twin. And, and even like up until maybe like a year, last year, really, I hated doing anything and being like hi guys like come to my party like spend time with me like like celebrate me like it's it it does just feel a little a little awkward but i so i get i bet sharing a a, a birthday pretty much for a good portion of y'all's lives mm-hmm. you know it, it's a transition yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember back when like posting online for your friends' birthdays was more popular. I used to always feel guilty that if we have, if because we, we share a lot of best friends, they'd have to post twice or they'd write a joint right. post. And it would always, I'd always be like, oh, I feel so bad. They have to like sure. write all this <laughs> stuff. But now that's sort of gone out of, uh, it's not as in vogue as it used to be. Yeah. Like, I used to feel so much pressure about posting like an Insta story for my friend's birthday. Uh I mean, I obviously love receiving them on mine, but (laughs) on my other friends, I'd be like, oh my God, what if I forget what, you know, the pressure. So I just decided a couple years ago, no more posting for anyone's birthday. Unless Uh like I'm at an event and want to like reshare a post that I'm maybe tagged in or something, you know, you know what I mean? And it's really taken a lot of pressure off me and it, it, you know it i feel a lot better about it that's good <laughs> it that's so good. silly i i think the the stress always for me came from feeling as though you know you get a notification from facebook that says you have like 150 birthday happy birthdays and i don't know why but for the longest time i thought i'm like okay i have to sit down for like two hours and just go through all of these and be like thanks so much to every single mm-hmm. one and like now i'm i'm lazy as hell i like i i post afterwards and i'm like thank you everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it you would have yeah. just said the same thing individually but right. when i have a question for you, uh-huh. you know, you're from erie pa so i'm assuming the general demographic you probably celebrate christmas yes yes 
And your birthday is a few days after Christmas, right? A few days before. Yeah, my mom actually had a choice um, because she she had me a cesarean and she, they the doctors were like, you can have them before or after Christmas. And my mom, when I was younger, was always like, I didn't want you born in the shadow of the holiday. I was like, wow, <laughs> epic. Okay. <laughs> that's so, that's drama. Yeah, I love, I, I love her. <laughs> drama. Um, you know, it's, I don't have a problem with it. People always come up to me and are like, how do you feel about like people lumping birthday and Christmas presents? together do you feel like have you ever felt like that overshadows you in any way and like i okay look there is a part of me that would really enjoy having a birthday in like the middle of summer i think that the days of me not liking it are past because when you know i was at school everyone was on winter break so I would never be able to like have like a celebration at school, especially in college. And then by the time I got back to school, it was January and like the next year. And I and for some reason, I mean, it was already hard for me to have like a celebration for myself and like to, <laughs> to put that forward or to catalyze that. But like, I just wouldn't do anything about it. But now I'm being a little more proactive and I actually really like it. It's a lot of celebration. It's, it's a lot kind of to have like a birthday, then Christmas, then New Year's. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at the end of the year, like I, I very much try to keep on a, a productive uh, regimen for myself. But at the end of the mm -hmm. year with how much stuff is happening, I need to just chill out. That's, that's where I'm at yeah. right now, too. It's kind of nice, too. I mean, like you mentioned, it can be melancholic, but I'm sure it's also like maybe there's a little bit of nostalgia in there. Like you're turning a new age, mm -hmm. the year is ending yeah. and then you start this new year as this new age. So I'm sure it's kind of interesting to like have that all begin at once then in January. Yeah, you know, and I've I've never actually thought of it like that. Like it, it very much is like every time I start a new year, it's a new me. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. But Literally new yeah, year, new me. <laughs> new year, new me. I started this thing last year, I think in earnest is when I, when I really uh, started doing it. But I, I try to keep a journal, you know, just self-reflection is a huge thing for me, especially I feel like just when you have so much lack of consistency, like as an actor or in general, like it's nice to keep in touch with yourself. But at the end of each year, I usually, I, I, I started to do a little recap of the whole year like oh, okay what nice. happened in january what happened in february i'll even go through like my instagram stories and be like oh shit yeah i was like i was in <laughs> i was in florida then you know and okay what yeah, was i, I thinking what mindset was i in and it, and it just kind of helps for me to track progression of things you know and it's helped out a lot also to make the end of the year a little more um not melancholic <laughs> celebratory yeah. i guess is what i'm trying to say at yeah. the beginning of 2023 did you have any dreams that you would be on Broadway by the end of it? Like, did you have an inkling that it was going to happen? You know, we really, at the beginning of the year, didn't. We had had the off-Broadway production, and that went well. And Very well. Didn't you guys get a lot of... Um award like off yeah we, we got stuff? we were like a new york times critic pick and Ooh. got a wonderful wonderful reception but then of course you know as we all know there's no guarantees that that will translate to a broadway run and so we were all hoping and i i i differ from some of the other harmonists where you know the the whole year they were in the group chat being like okay all right let's get down to the nitty-gritty like you know this this theater <laughs> is going to open at you know be open oh. at this time da -da -da -da. Do you think it's going to be the Schuberts? Do you think it's going to be the Nederlanders? Do you da -da -da? And I muted that group chat so hard. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really tried to practice limiting my attachment toward there being any step after, just because I know how often it, it doesn't happen. And the fact sure. that it did is wild to me. And you know, seeing how many things need to come together, how many pieces of the puzzle need to fit exactly together to make a run happen, you know, no matter even how the Broadway mm -hmm. run goes, like just to actually have it be a thing is wild. It's wild to me that this is even able to be an industry <laughs> because of how, <laughs> how, many, um, how many things need to happen. It's a lot. <laughs> Sure. Now you mentioned that there's this group chat of the harmonists. Yes. First of all, I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> Is Chip in the group chat? <laughs> Chip, Chip and us do have another group chat. Actually, I think it's us, Chip and Sierra are, okay. uh, but that's typically 
for like if we're doing press events, more logistical stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's we're we're definitely not hitting up that group chat as much as the uh, just the six of us because there's uh -huh. there's a, there is a shit ton of stuff that we all like like just <laughs> say, the humor that goes back and forth in that group chat is mm -hmm. wild. I love it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 To be a fly on the wall. Now, did you assume that everyone would be transferring with it? No. I mean, again, I, I never tried to assume anything. Um, Warren even even sold us himself. Like, this was very much a first time for him moving from one stage of a process to another where he didn't make significant cuts in... Um, in terms of like the main cast and that it was a new experience for him. And of course we were all sitting there like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's, that's good. Like, <laughs> yeah, <you're> cool. <laughs> um, you know, glad you decided not to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am so extremely grateful that, you know, we did all move together. And I think the reason why they chose for us, you know, not to, not to break us up is because of first off the wealth of the material that the six of us specifically I mean, and Chip, like, God, like the <laughs> amount of stuff that he has to memorize. The amount of stuff that we all have to learn is a huge feat in of itself. But then there's also the chemistry uh, between the six of us that's developed over the course of two years. You know, you have two years and some change for that to solidify and ferment and and for us to really get a connection with each other. I mean, the, the, the six of us before this whole process started rented an Airbnb for three days up in Mahopic, New York, and went up there and just and just chilled and got right with each other and, you know, like <laughs> got closer than I, I feel like we ever have. But we all understood the need to be able to form or, or nurture our, the connections we have with one another outside of the context of the show, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like our relationships as actors can very quickly get conflated with the quality of our experience, you know, on, on any given day of, of the show. And, and, you know, it can become a very, uh, the rehearsal process, a tech process, a, pre a preview process. Like it can all be a, a crucible that really starts to forge relationships in good ways and in bad ways. And sure. we knew how important it was that we, we understood each other and got, got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of like when they were forming together the new Queer Eye. Connor, I can see in your eyes you were thinking the same uh, thing. How, like, I was they... thinking the same yeah. <laughs> thing. I don't know if you've heard about how that all happened with casting them. No, but no, I haven't. They like, during the casting process, they had all just kind of naturally been drawn, allegedly been drawn to each other. And they even started a little group text. And before Netflix was like, okay, you're the five. They already had their own group text. They were already bonded from their own little experience. Wow. And, well, Bobby's leaving, but you know, I sure, guess nothing sure. lasts forever. But yeah. Um, yeah, friendships ebb and flow, and especially in groups of artists and things like that. So right. I think what you said about nurturing those relationships is really special. I, I don't know if I miss it. Is that between Off Broadway and Broadway that you did the Airbnb, or before Off Broadway? Before Broadway, yeah, it was back uh, during the summer, during the end of of the summer, twenty twenty three. So fun. Yeah. Wait, really quick, Blake. You sound kind of quiet all of a sudden. Did anything mm. adjust or? Yes, I adjusted the gain because I saw that I was clipping. I'm turning it back up now, so hopefully it'll be better. Oh, that's okay. But I just no, didn't I... want to clip, like, blast out the, you know, audio at all. Oh, no, you're fine. You're, you're literally good. an engineer. You're a sound uh, engineer. That's actually, I really enjoy music production. So like anything and everything, like my whole desk right now has like, is is all set up for it. So that's, oh, that's so cool. One thing during the pandemic that I learned about myself was that, you know, we didn't have theater. The thing I went to school for, suddenly I, I had no outlet for, yeah. to be honest with you. I had just moved up to the city about six months before the pandemic happened. And when it did happen, m mom was like, hey, do you want to um, like we're down in Florida at the townhome. Like, do you want to just like come down here and, and like chill? And I was like, yes, <laughs> like, get, get me out of here. You know, I, I grew up on a farm and and transitioning to living in the city was a really jarring experience, uh, not to mention I had Oh, baby, I had such bad anxiety going into auditions because it was the only thing. It was the only thing that I had 
and and wanted to achieve. Suddenly, when the pandemic came along, I was like, okay, well, I've always wanted to make music, and I've always wanted to understand what music production is about, and so I dived into that whole rabbit hole and realized that suddenly, when I came out of the pandemic, like fifty percent of my identity was wrapped up in this other thing that I absolutely <laughs> love. That I could see, you know, making music for myself, producing music for other people, editing. I edited like people's podcasts and stuff, and and like got a bunch of software for it, and found that I really, really loved it. The funny thing is that when I had when I found that I had this other thing that I loved and that I could identify with, I was walking into audition rooms and and feeling a hell of a lot less anxiety. You know, wow, because everything wasn't just pinpointed onto the the success of this one thing. Sorry, I know that was a little bit of a spiel, but <laughs> no, I I mean I can completely relate, even with just the, this podcast. Like this isn't my full time job, but knowing I have this at the yeah. end of the day and it's something that people count on and rely upon and. It's it's nice to know that it's not all riding on something. And when you have blinders on and only focus on one thing, I think that it can actually be a detriment. Yeah. And, you know, they say like when you're you're at your busiest, sometimes you're your most productive and successful. So sure. I think that it helps to spread that care and emotion around other things. Yeah. I do want to get into your music eventually because I'm obsessed yeah. with with the song Mary Beth in particular. But yeah. we need to, we yeah, <laughs> but we need to I want to stick on this harmony train for a little bit. Yeah. I'm realizing suddenly that we've talked about harmony before because we've been plugging it and obviously we had a, we loved it when we saw it. Our listeners, it's a new show to our listeners. Do you mind explaining what harmony is, yeah. who you play, and just a little bit about the show, I guess, it, itself. Sure. A good synopsis for it is that it's about these six guys that, first off, it's a true story. And these six men lived in Germany back in the 1930s. They rose to international fame in the 1930s. And obviously, that era in Germany is a very turbulent moment. You know, they were changing government structures <laughs> every week. Um, and so politically, it was a, a, a really turbulent time. But for these six guys, it was they, it was gangbusters. It was just the height of their success. They were touring the world. They were making music that struck people in a new way, and that really, really was was innovative for the time. But the one crucial element is the fact that you know this this group of men they called themselves the comedian harmonists but sure bet nobody who is looking to come and see the show has ever probably heard of them that basically is is i think all people should know going into it to figure out come and see it figure out why we don't know about them um mm -hmm. it's a it's a story that oscillates between the highest joys and the deepest sense of catharsis and i, I think um it's a story that everybody needs to come and see very well so, said. Yeah. Very well done. I know. Like you, you must be in it every day. But you know, it's to you know, I think that it's it is wise to go in knowing only maybe that and know that like the music, incredible, but the story is really, I think, what keeps you seated the whole time. Sure. Because and and I also think knowing that there are like peaks and valleys to it is what makes it such a dynamic new musical. Right. And I know that it's been in the works since like the late nineties. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, I I think about how for this six of us, it's been two years, and we're like, oh, what a journey. Um, <laughs> but but then I think about Barry and and Bruce. You know, Bruce wrote the books. Barry wrote the music. They've been working on it for thirty years. And to have it finally come to fruition in the capacity that they had always hoped for, I mean, that just must be a wonderful feeling. And then getting to this point and then being able to look back at such a storied history of the show and see all the moments throughout their lives that they've interacted with this piece and and also interacted with the, some of the people that actually, you know, like they met the part of a young rabbi like they met him talked to him there's like pictures and recordings of barry interviewing him and everything i mean they're so close to it and it's something that both barry and bruce have felt so passionate about for so long otherwise they wouldn't have stuck with it you know so 
Yeah, it's a it's a very special piece, and it's a it's a piece that comes from directly from the heart. It's it's mm-hmm. you know, and you know that because of how how long and how committed the creatives were with the piece. But um, I realized I, I didn't tell you about uh, the character that I play. I, I play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I play a character. His name is Erwin Boats, but he prefers to go by the name Chopin. He is the piano player in The Harmonists, and he's a bit of a... Oh, what's the best way to describe him? He's um, like a rebel without a cause. You know, <laughs> he comes from a, a particularly, you know, affluent family, came down to Berlin to play in the music scene, plays in, in whorehouses and cabarets. And, you know, he could be doing anything else uh, coming from the background that he does, but he chooses to be <laughs> in the streets of Berlin because that's where he feels, you know, most alive. There's a, an anecdote in a, a biographical one from a, a book that uh, it was written about the comedian harmonists that, that they had a fine like system that for rehearsals when people would show up late you'd have to pay a fine and most everyone in the group was in dire straits more often than not in terms of money but erwin boats was the only one who was ever late all like on a consistent to a <laughs> consistent degree because he didn't really have to worry about money like his mom would literally come down to berlin and pay off his debts like every month <laughs> so that's that's the kind of guy we're working with yeah that's who i, I play he's uh he falls in love with the character Ruth played by the glorious Julie Banco and I have fun connecting with him every night I really do <laughs> I really do and you get a lot of cool stuff to do and mm-hmm. and like levels to play yes. throughout the entire show which is yeah. nice we we love Julie she's also a friend of the pod and did our show Yay. when she was in Funny Girl uh-huh. and really up by oh, um, oh got you <laughs> actually believe it or not I mean that was maybe we'll cut this that was like our most popular episode of 2022 I would say I mean yeah. and we've had like more that was well the same year of established and Aaron Tveit, you know these other people mm-hmm. more well known I guess in terms of like outside of the reach of theater but that episode took off but she's so popular on tiktok the julie fandom is 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 crazy to me i mean i get i get why people are obsessed with her because i'm also obsessed with her um (laughs) but it's 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 really you know we've we've had conversations about social media influence and and visibility which is something that i i just don't Hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. I really, yeah. I, I, at least I haven't created enough of a relationship with being visible on that front or being, you know, like being like, oh, this would be a good thing to take a video of. Yeah. You know, like that's not my, that's not my first reaction, but she's so, the way that she's kind of assimilated it or integrated it into her life is is with such ease i'm like how do you not let this like eat you alive because you know i have a lot of friends who are content creators and and people who have to really like curate their tiktoks and and manage that to a large degree and they're like oh my god i'm melting this Uh is awful you know (laughs) but she's really she really makes it it look easy even at the beginning of the process you know she (laughs) in this video where she was like hey guys it's me julie i want to introduce you to my my new like leading man like here's blake and she turned the camera on me and i was like (laughs) hey guys (laughs) i didn't know what to do it's like the worst Uh, thing ever for me (laughs) is it still up there i don't know i don't know Hmm. (laughs) you do seem like an old soul blake (laughs) (laughs) you seem like you actually i feel like you fit into the era of this musical in a way because even your speaking voice just feels like like you're an actor from an earlier time or something. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it because really. I talk like this all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I was going to say, I love you. I feel like you get a lot of juicy material. And that song mm-hmm. in Act Two, but it's like Sierra and Julie. And then it's yes. like, it's you. And is his name Danny who plays? Yes. Danny. Okay. I know I'm going with first na- real names, not the character names. For <laughs> reason, but I loved that song. 
is it just the girls i think so or? so there's where you go which is the duet that's that's okay. actually the musically based off of one of chopin like the actual chopin one of his most popular songs oh yeah the beginning of it if you listen to it it it, it mirrors his song and it's so it's so haunting in that way like barry went really went off with that um <laughs> barry popped off. he popped off <laughs> and where you go is is probably one of probably my favorite song in the entire show and and a very hard song to uh come after as well um because uh, so the song that i sing after them is called in this world mm -hmm. oh yeah i yeah. loved that one. Oh my yeah, god i love singing it every single night you know even even when my voice is like tired i'm not like getting up there and being like oh okay let's just do it you know <laughs> yeah like it is it is a joy uh it's it's a, a meditation honestly to sing every night and the only thing i wish is that i could actually sing sing the ending of it you know on the cast album they actually they have the ending yes um yeah and, it, and it's oh I'm in love with it. I'm in love with that that version of of the song, but it makes complete sense as why it can't you know happen right. without giving too yeah. much away. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without giving too much away, and I guess what I'll just say to our listeners who haven't seen it yet is everything you said about the show, your character going into it as cold as possible is amazing. I was knocked off my feet by the end. I mean, mm -hmm. tears. We mm -hmm. were. Oh, it's so unwell. Yeah. And I was not expecting <laughs> it. But I think that's what's fun about theater is how it can surprise you. You know, on the surface, you see, okay, it's a, you know, potentially a bio musical with original music. You know, you think it's going to be like something we see every season, you know, an Ain't Too Proud or a Jersey Boys sure. or a, you know, whatever, whatever it may be about a group or even not a group. Yeah. But it has so much heart and so much history. And it is so touching and beautiful performance. I really I hope everyone goes to see it. Yeah, this is a breakout for you, Blake. It's really seriously amazing. Oh, cool. Um, Thank you. My other favorite moment in the show is when all of the harmonists are in short shorts and we get some <laughs> leg action throughout. So if any ah. any of my our girls and gays listening and theys are listening who want a little leg action and some eye candy, definitely <laughs> check out that as well in the show. I love that part. Oh, um, that's fun. Okay, okay, wait. So you mentioned that you grew up on a farm in PA. Yes. And... I'm curious about how you got involved in even just enjoying theater, art, music, et cetera. Sure. We ask all of our guests about that moment. We borrow a ring of keys from the musical Fun Home because mm. maybe you were watching something or reading a book or, mm. you know, you heard a song and you had this moment of recognition where you realized you really wanted it to be a huge part of your life. Yeah. Uh, maybe if in the moment you didn't know, but now looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, that was when oh, it sure. started for me. Sure. Do you feel like you um, have one or two to share? I do. I do. Uh, you know, it's tough because... You know, I'm interested in 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 film and TV. I'm interested in music. I'm interested in theater, and so all of those have their catalyzing moment and their piece of of art. You know, the funny thing. Oh, this is good. This is silly. But the funny thing, when I was growing up, I'm talking like middle school, elementary school, middle school, like before I really started kicking into performance. I, I, I was addicted to video games, man. I, I like, I really, really, really loved playing RPGs, uh, storyline video games that had these wide, expansive stories. One of those was was I remember Skyrim. Oh yeah, and and you could, I had it on my laptop, and you could download mods to like change the game and like add mm -hmm. new things that people, you know, who understood coding would just add in anything. You could you could do the most random things in these video games, mod wise, but like like you. Could could change Skyrim has dragons you could get a mod that changes dra all the dragons to like Thomas the Tank Engine like shit like that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. but then there was one the one that I loved the most was literally just a, a mod that added a journal to the game <laughs> and so I'd be like playing this video game and then like pulling up my journal and like writing down his innermost the my character's innermost thoughts and like his whole you know inner dialogue and da 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 and mm -hmm. i i just remember showing that to a friend of mine when i initially started like acting and, and him being like okay yeah no this makes sense that you are an actor <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that this type of thing interests you um, but you know like when i was when i was young and doing shows uh, musical theater specifically it was I, I won't lie and i think it's this way for a lot of us but you know it was it was i oh i loved the attention i was like <laughs> i was like we have an actor on the show almost every week and Almost none of them admit that. So I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that so much. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely, <laughs> definitely at the start. I mean, you're, when you're a kid and you're, I, I started doing this probably 
Probably my first musical was probably fifth or sixth grade. And when I started doing it, I was like, well, I don't really know what this show is about, but like people are looking at me. So like, okay, <laughs> like I'll keep doing this. And eventually, of course, you know, you're around something long enough and you start being exposed to different shows that then affect you in a different way. And you really start connecting with the the medium and connecting with the the, the stories and the characters. And I started figuring out like, oh, I, I really like this. But the main moment that I remember for myself in terms of musical theater was next to normal. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't see, I, I hadn't seen any shows really other than the shows that I had been in up until that point. This was like maybe seventh or eighth grade. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I, I didn't see a Broadway show until I was, until I had auditioned for musical theater programs and gotten into uh, Michigan. And after our freshman year, we came up to New York for this big Maze and Blue on Broadway event. And I saw American Psycho. <laughs> you oh, you talking about that book yeah, made me think yeah. of this. <laughs> so American Psycho was my first Broadway musical. And... <laughs> I loved it. Oh yes. my God. It was, I know, like there were so many technical issues and uh, and it closed so early, but like yeah. I, I, I loved the movie so much. Oh, I, I really, really had a fun time with that. Allegedly it's coming back in like an what? immersive. Yeah. In like a warehouse. warehouse. Or something yeah. Like the producers mm -hmm. want to like retool it and do kind of like a sleep no more esque. Oh, I'm there. Experience. I'm there. I know, yeah. right? So you also sleep no more. RIP. I know. Wow. I know. I, I, I still haven't gotten to, I haven't, I haven't gone. Like, oh my you God. You gotta do it. You, you gotta do it. it. We just went for um, the first time. It's amazing. I think about it all the time, I know. Connor. It's, I don't yeah. know how you've been since then. So yeah. cool. Um. Anyway, okay. Next to normal. Sorry, sorry. Next to normal. <laughs> next to normal. Yeah. I remember watching you know, it's funny, we can't do, we can't allow anybody to take a bootleg, but at the same time, the main way that anybody living not anywhere close to the city, like I did when I was growing up, like could, can, can access any of this is, is through bootlegs on YouTube, mm -hmm. you know? And so oh, yeah. I was, I was very thankful that I came across a, a bootleg of Next to Normal after somebody showed me the, the music. Original Broadway cast? Original Broadway cast. And I, oh, baby like i i hadn't realized that the medium of musical theater could access a story uh, of that depth and about solely about grief and the way that mm -hmm. that it permeates throughout a family unit the way that it affects people on on a, a, a visceral level the way that you know in that musical grief itself is is its own character and yeah. and I fell in love with it because that is the type of material, more or less, that I'm drawn toward. I, I'm not like, ah, I want to go see a spectacle and be happy, sure. you know? Like, I, I very, like a Hello Dolly. Yeah, like yeah I, I very much want to, not that I don't enjoy that, but like what I'm drawn to more so is stuff that digs into the harder aspects of life and that really starts to dig around you know maybe it's not there to really say like hi here's the moral of the story period end of sentence and more hey here's a question and mm. we're gonna we're gonna have you sit there and 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 we're gonna live with that question for a bit together and that more more so tends to be like what i love and 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 cherish being able to go and see so next to normal really really hit a point with me where i i was just surprised i'm like oh musical theater can do this cool yeah. great I love that. <laughs> like, let me keep <laughs> digging in. And, uh, and you know, another one, uh, you have the the poster behind you uh, right now, Dylan, like of, yeah. of once. And that's yeah. another one that, uh, you know, I love the movie. The musical mm -hmm. was what I saw first. And I just fell in love with it. Also, last five years, too, you know, mm -hmm. like stories about people that are living a life and, and living it doesn't end it happily ever after, right? It ends at, uh, this is the human experience. And and that's not really an ending. That's just a, a statement. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Very much where I fell into and enjoying musical theater of that capacity. And it's a big reason why I enjoy harmony so much because you, like I said, you do get the the heights of joy and, and then you get the depths of, of a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, I love all of those shows that you just mentioned. Mm. I'm curious too, 
Well, also next to normal. It's so funny. Like growing up, like I used to love like the Gabe songs, like oh, oh, yeah. Trying to oh yeah, live. And now, like being thirty, I'm like, I love a light in the dark. I love the Dan <laughs> uh-huh. songs. You know, like uh-huh. those like things that I might not have thought as like were showy at the time. But sure. So you said you grew up on a farm. Yes. Is this like a livestock farm? So not a livestock farm. We weren't really like productive. We had chickens and that was like the most okay. like productive element <laughs> of it. <laughs> Literally like getting up every day to go down and, and do chores on the farm. I'd go down there and it was like every morning was Easter morning because these <laughs> damn chickens would choose a different place every day to hide them. Like I'd pull, <laughs> I'd pull down like a hay bale and get pelted with eggs and like that. <laughs> that was, the, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to find them for like a week, and suddenly we found a new place that they were they were stocking them up and, <laughs> and oh trying to hide them from us. Are you an only child? No, I have I have two older sisters. I'm the the okay. youngest. We had horses. Um, that was mainly what the stable was for. You know, growing up, my mom had always wanted horses and to ride, but her family didn't have the money to float that venture. And then when her and my dad got together and they started uh, having us, they were like, let's do it. Let's have a a horse stable and, and, Uh you know, board out the horses and and have the girls ride. That was really, really my childhood. Like my first, (laughs) it's it's silly to say, but like my first friends were animals and I, 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 and they were like my confidants. (laughs) And and (laughs) that's so cute. If I didn't go into the entertainment industry, I, I would definitely be working with animals in some capacity. I mean, that's, that's, that was a huge hurdle and still is moving to the city and not having access to natural environments and um, biodiversity in terms of, you know, animals and, and just little creatures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we had, we had horses, we had chickens and dogs, cats, like turtles, rabbits. We were just an animal family. We really loved having animals. But a a funny transition happened when I was in high school that one of our horses, Jacoby, died. He was like 30. And uh, I just learned that horses can (laughs) live that long. They can even live longer, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. But but 30 tends to be like the threshold, but they can go. Okay. They can keep going. But so we we just had our our little quarter horse, Satin, left at that point. And uh, we didn't want her to be, you know, she was maybe like 25 or so. And we didn't want her to be alone in the end of her life. Like, so we, (laughs) my parents went to a Polish festival and found this little miniature donkey named Rudy. And we're like, cool, let's let's get that guy and bring him home. <laughs> and so and, and her her and Rudy just like fell in love. You know, mules and donkeys, they, they tend to have like this connection with horses. I, I don't know if you've ever heard and goats, too. Have you ever heard the expression? Um, I'm just I'm just trying to get your goat. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that comes from horse racing because oh. like they would they would put a goat in the horse's stall the night before to to quell any anxiety it was having so like having having a little friend would help but because people are betting on horse racing they would go and they take the goat so that they would take the goat from the horse that they wanted they didn't want to win um (laughs) anyways just a short little like uh, (laughs) i never knew that interesting were your parents okay with you pursuing the entertainment path very much so. Yeah, I, okay. that's that's the thing. We, you know, we loved animals. We had a farm, but you know, my dad was a, a family practice physician. My mom was a computer analyst, and and so we we had we always kind of had a lot of different facets that we were juggling and 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 going between. And uh, you know, my sister, my sister went into biology. My other sister went it works at the VA. But we've all. We all started singing. Um, oh, cool. you know, we would go and do gigs together around town and 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 sing together. But then uh, and and they'd do musicals from time to time too. But then it it just ended up being the thing that I I decided to go into. Musical theater was very much a a midway ground between all of the stuff that I wanted to be involved in in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I thought, okay, let me go to college for this and strike at the heart, you know, like of, I know I like to sing. I know I like to act. I know that maybe learning, you know, what I can with theater can also translate to TV and film um, with a little zhuzhing. Um, <laughs> and, and then also one thing I loved about Michigan was that it was, it, there were so many opportunities to 
to create and uh, a big emphasis on on music writing and so i was able to be a songwriter there and see my and see myself as a songwriter there as well they were definitely that my my parents and my family have only ever been extremely supportive you know i i think back to what we have to do what a lot of actors have to do now since things everything in the world is becoming so much more increasingly specialized the audition circuit the college audition circuit which is just like one of them the craziest gauntlets that i i feel like anybody that's 18 years old has to go mm -hmm. through but in my senior year i funny thing about Blake in high school is that he didn't commit to anything his entire <laughs> life like I, I wanted to do everything but I wanted to do nothing at the same time sure. and I ended up like auditioning to for three schools uh, haphazardly mm. like after the dates of in which I should have you know and I didn't get in anywhere because they can suss that out if you're not like committed and it, it all translates <laughs> and so I just remember having a conversation with my mom uh, and and her being like, wow, like after the last rejection letter came, she was like, cool. So I just thought like if this meant something to you, you would like you would actually like apply yourself. And a day later was like sitting on the couch submitting applications to I think like a satellite university or college of University of Pittsburgh for like a communications degree and something like surged up inside me and I was like <laughs> and I shut the laptop <laughs> and said I'm taking a year off I'm doing it again I'm going to really really task myself with this endeavor and if I if it, it turns out great it turns out great and if it doesn't at least I did something and and applied myself mm -hmm. for the first time in my life and and, and it, I was happy it worked out well, but I, I was even more happy that my parents were supportive of that, you yeah. know? I mean, my, driving your kid X amount of hours to whatever college is is just, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I'm very lucky in that regard. Well, good for you. How European. You took a gap year. I, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and and I, I appreciated it. I honestly, I think that more people, more people should do it. It's very beneficial to not see yourself in lieu of any institution for at least, you know, 365 days. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. What's refreshing too, that like there is no straight path to Broadway or to your dreams. No. And regardless of where, you know, where things would have gone, like, I think so many people get caught up in the, well, I need to, at the end of my senior year, announce where I'm going. I need everyone to be proud of me. And everyone's asking what's next. Sure. And the idea of like even going to college undeclared, I think can sometimes really help sure. people and not know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. I just out of curiosity, did you uh, do stuff with the Erie Playhouse? In I did. I did. I um, okay. I think it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I actually started doing stuff with them and, and I had wished that I'd been a part of that family for longer because when uh, when I did finally make the switch from doing stuff just solely in, in my school district to doing the community theater, you know, that, that felt like Broadway at the time. Like that, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I remember seeing West Side Story here and like that probably was, that was probably the first musical I ever saw in earnest and it blew my mind. I was like, these are professionals. These are, you know, <laughs> and they were just such wonderful, welcoming, talented people. And it was, you know, it was the creative director of the Playhouse from my time that I was there came up to see Harmony about like a week and a half, two weeks ago. And it was a, a really nice full circle moment. It's, it's just... It's wild. You never know how the road is going to look. And the fact that it gets to be paved along so many pit stops of, of, of wonderful, welcoming and, and supportive people is, is just, it's beautiful. It's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Aww. I'm thankful to the Playhouse. Yeah. I asked because I know that um, Nick Adams used to do stuff there and we've gotten really yes. funny with him over the years. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. of course, Alaska from Drag Race is yes. from Erie as well. Yes. Oh, really? She I is. Didn't know that. She is. <laughs> uh -huh. We got our people, you know? Yes, there's something <laughs> in the water. It's definitely something yeah. in the water in Erie. There PA. is, there is. <laughs> I'm so curious about Has Been Hotel. Yes. Yeah. And that's coming out at mid-Jan, right? And it's on Amazon. Right. Is it a musical like miniseries or do you think it'll continue on? So Hasbin Hotel is a when I when I got the job, I started researching more into it. And 
oh, wow, it is just a world. It's a world in of its own because the, the creator of Vivian Medrano has always been from the origin of the story very open about her creative process. She's shared so much with the the fan base and they've eaten every bit of it up because she, i mean like it's it's just incredible material and she herself is an incredible person and they appreciate like how open she she has been about the process you know i mean i know i know i have like being able to go back and and look at every stage of uh, evolution of the show it started i hope I'm getting this timeline right. I'm sure people will, will correct me if I get it wrong. But I think the pilot of Hasbin Hotel came out about three years ago. Then in the time in between then and now, the, the pilot started being like floated around for, for getting picked up. And in the interim between then and now, she's also continued making a YouTube series called Hell of a Boss, which has gained an enormous amount of traction as well. And so, and, and Hell of a Boss is based in the same world as okay. Hasbin Hotel. And it's just, it's just all these little different facets that have folded, overlapped, and and created a, a, this huge macrocosm of, of a world that people can dive into. Like I, um, there's a whole Wikipedia site on Hasbin Hotel and all the different characters and uh, you can really, really dive into it. This is all to say, yeah, the the show comes out in earnest. It's been long awaited by the the fans for I think it's January nineteenth that that it finally comes out onto Amazon Prime, and it is uh, it's going to be eight episodes. And they actually Amazon has re-upped us for a second season already. Oh, so yeah, like the the pilot got picked up by a twenty four, and then they are working with Bento Box, who animated Bob's Burgers. And then just like at the end of this year, Amazon picked it up and said, let's go. Okay, it's time. Love it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so exciting. Yes. I know that I saw that like there was a tweet online from one of the maybe creators or songwriters who mm -hmm. said that you just blew everyone's mind when you came in and audition and they had no <laughs> idea who you were. And... <laughs> it was so, it was such an interesting, voiceover is, is, is an interesting process because, you know, obviously there's not a hard and fast structure to how an audition process works in, in any regard, but the has-been hotel audition process for me, like for, for Angel Dust, was I... First off, I was having a very shitty day that day. <laughs> I got home. I had just moved into to this apartment. I was living in uh, the other room and like set up my interface and my mic. And I was like, oh, God, what am I even doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. And um, recorded the audition and sent it off. And then I didn't hear anything for like six weeks. Wow. Like, wow. like it was probably almost two months. And then they were like, you got it, kid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Like, that's okay. Sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have always, I mean, being the little video game nerd, I, I, yeah. I am. I have always, always looked up to voice actors in video games, voice actors in, in television shows, and just kind of lost my mind over them. And one of the biggest dreams I ever had was to be able to like sit on a panel at, at, uh, at a convention or at Comic-Con, you know? Sure. And the fact that that's, you know, going to be a realized dream this coming year for me is, is really, really, really wonderful. I, I, I do just feel... Very lucky that the end of this year, I, I got to experience, you know, my first, my debut on on Broadway, and then next year, I'm I'm getting to do another thing that I've always always wanted to do alongside stellar people. Oh my God! Mm. Like what? <laughs> um, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm all these people that I'm just such a fan of, and then I feel like such an uh, imposter syndrome when I see like my name up there, flash up there too on the screen. I'm like, <laughs> who's that guy? <laughs> like, um, like Keith David is uh, is, is uh, voicing uh, the character of Husk in the show and he is a a voice actor that i and actor that i just i've always always been in love with he voiced oh, cool. um captain anderson in the mass effect trilogy that i just i was pretty much like 
in my blood when I was growing up. I played that religiously. But yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's another full circle moment. It's another another gift of an experience. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to interact with fans too. There's been some people that have come to see Harmony that are like, "Hey, like great job." Um also, I'm really excited for Hasbun Hotel. And I just <laughs> I freak out every single time cuz I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> like, "Thank you." <laughs> I'm I can barely contain myself. There is just something wild about seeing your voice on a character and then also knowing that like it was animated based off of whatever inflections and and stuff you know like your source they they do all of the vocal voice recordings before they do the animation for the most okay. part and so that whatever lines they end up picking they they animate based off of how it sounds and and that's just crazy to to me it's a crazy process and it's a long process too you know we we ended up closing on the on the season 1 record recordings back at the end of 2021 December like in December and then it takes a good year if not more to animate and very much dependent upon the animation style yeah and then and then when Amazon picked it up it kicked it back a, a couple more months and so of you course. know very very grateful to the fan base for being as patient as as they they are but that's another thing about Viv is that she very much understood that this is something that they wanted and uh, so bad and she tried to she's she's been trying to like give them as much as as possible to to say okay no we're still here it's still happening and like here's here's a <laughs> yeah. little tidbit here's a little thing here's a little kernel you know and they they were lucky they've stuck with us for you know such a, a long time it'll be worth it mm -hmm. i know it yeah i'm so excited oh my gosh blake i feel like we could keep talking to you forever we've already kept you for longer than we should have and i feel so bad that we're stealing your time here oh my god please no you're not at all i i really really i i've very much enjoyed talking to y'all too oh thank, thank you. you there's other things i wish we could have gotten to but we're sadly wrapping up mm. before we say goodbye we do end on a dose of drama this is yes. you know a little piece of pop culture or inner musing that we want to share with our listeners it could be something you want to rant about rave about recommend share promote and Dylan, do you want to start us yeah. off today? I do. I will kick myself, but we don't talk about it. I mentioned earlier, I'm obsessed with your song, Mary Beth. Mm. Blake, oh. you are such a talented songwriter. It's like folky, pop. I can see your 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 farm roots a little, <laughs> but, it's, but it's definitely not country. It's amazing. And there's something about that song that I, you know, when you hear a song and you love it so much, you restart it before it ends because you want to hear it again before it finishes. Oh. That was the experience that I had with it in digging through your music. First of all, when did you write that song? And can you give me any insights into that process? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> and also, uh, I just love your acoustics <laughs> album. Acoustic is my favorite thank stuff. You. So same. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much. I've been in the process of of trying to produce and uh, like a full blown EP to put out on Spotify, not just have my stuff on SoundCloud. And that's definitely going to be happening next year, which is yeah. another thing I'm very excited for. But that acoustic album was uh, a, a little labor of love at the beginning of, of this year that just because I knew it would be a little bit until I put something out, I wanted to to get some stuff out there. And Mary Beth is one that I probably was writing that for. So I started writing it during a breakup in like 2019. I had a feeling. Had a feeling. Uh, oh yeah? Yeah, what, <laughs> what clued you in? And it kind of was just something that I kept in my pocket as a bit of the therapy, you know, uh, like just to sit down at the end of the night and write a verse. Maybe I'd use it, maybe I wouldn't, but at least I'd express my how I was feeling on that given night. And at the time, I was really having a hard time finishing songs in general, and I hadn't written a bridge for it yet. And then it wasn't until after the pandemic, during the pandemic, I did like a, a 40, I think it was like a 40 day songwriting challenge where oh, fun. I, I just, I wrote a song every day and I posted a little video with it. And, and I finally got over the the hurdle of like, just finish it just finish a thing so you can start another thing it doesn't mean it means any less but um <laughs> you're you're doing it a disservice by keeping it in limbo and not mm. giving it um you know it's 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 due and finishing the narrative so yeah i i just realized okay i need to sit down 
I need to finish it and let this song be a product of the time I created it in. Mm. And that was post-pandemic. I was living in a, a sublet, a studio apartment on the Upper West Side and going crazy. <laughs> um, I, I really, I, I had just turned 26 and was like in the middle of a, a fully blown existential crisis. And a lot of questions were floating around my mind. And that finishing that song was very much the first solid step of, of putting the past relationship, you know, to, yeah. to bed. I have such a soft spot in my heart for that song. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I love it even more now after knowing the, the behind the scenes. So thank you. Thanks when, did you, when did you meet your current partner then? So Etta and I met back in, uh, I think it was, it was 2021 at the end of 2021. Um, it was like giving, it, I'm wrapping up has been hotel recordings. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or like Oct August, October. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, we very much, we took it easy at the start and it was just absolutely, it was a wonderful gift at the time. And it was, it was something that I very much needed was okay you know can we sit down and just be people and not be trying to uphold a standard mm -hmm. of we are this yeah you know and we are this label and we need to do x y and z in order to be that label right it very much was hey i like you and you like me <laughs> and <laughs> And let's be humans together and, and spend time together uh, as much as we want to and as much as we don't want to. Mm -hmm. It's very adult. And so it was, an, yeah, it was a new type of structure for me. And, and obviously, it's, it's still working. Yeah, you know? I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You two are so cute together. I love all the pictures on, <laughs> on your Instagram. Okay, Connor, do you have a dose of drama? Okay, I do. Because I think this is going to be timed in a way that it works out. But Jacob Elordi, my obsession, obviously is hosting SNL at the end of January and I need to I need to be there. I need I need to figure it out. I have a few connections, someone I used to intern mm. with, someone who I know who works in the production. I'm trying my best to get in there. I'm going to I'm going to do it. I've never gone to an SNL taping mm. before, which is a life dream, but also Jacob Elordi and also Renee Rapp is the musical guest. So right. I feel yes. like it would just be amazing. It would just That's be amazing. Crazy. So manifesting. The bisexuals are going crazy for Absolutely. That. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be there uh, more for Renee. Really? Teenage, yeah, so. you, same, you, same. Dylan, yeah. you don't love Jacob as much as. I, I don't know. Well, I think he's talented. I'm just not like. Yeah. Hard I, just, I just watched Saltburn oh. and our, our boy is giving. Giving. He, is. he really is. He is. Yeah, yeah. I loved. I loved what that a, movie. He's, perfect casting he's choice. So hot. <laughs> he's so yeah. hot. I know. Well, everyone's obsessed with him. So what a great idea to be like. Okay, the object of of obsession is who we're already obsessed with. You know what I mean? Bingo. Yeah. Oh, have you guys seen um, the talented Mr. Ripley yeah. ever? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That they very much are are like sister movies. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I actually really love that brand of movie. I, mm. I I'm not a sociopath <laughs> myself, but right. I, I very much I very much love that that concept. Yeah. Because you're it's like mm. an antihero in a way, and you're rooting yeah. for them, but also like oh, <laughs> questioning yeah. all their decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that movie is. I don't think. I think that that. Talented Miss Ripley is the best that trio of actors has ever looked on stage. Ugh. Or not on stage. Oh, oh my God. God. On screen. screen. Yeah. yeah. Gwyneth and, and Matt. Matt Damon? Yeah, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. But oh also, God, we yeah. can't forget, Kate Blanchett is in that movie as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she looks great. <laughs> I remember I worked a, a catering gig and Jude Law was there. It was for a premiere of, of some uh, movie that him and Blake Lively were in. And I saw him in person and I was like... You're just as sexy in person <laughs> as you are on stream, man. Like <laughs> that's movie star quality, right yeah, there. Yeah, yes. I love it. Well, Connor, I believe in you. I hope you make it to us. Manifesting. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Crossing my fingers for you, Blake. Do you have a dose of drama? Yeah. Oh, I was actually thinking about this when you were talking at the beginning of the episode uh, about books and stuff. Um, yes. I'm reading *Braiding Sweetgrass* by Robin Wall Kimmerer right now, and it's uh, it's. God, I, I, I honestly can't say enough ab about the book because it, it's just gorgeous. It's about reframing the relationship we have with our world and the earth and the natural world through the lens of indigenous culture. 
And uh, I mean, she starts the book from juxtaposing the creation myth of Christianity and the creation myth of her, the particular indigenous culture that she comes from, and how we might be able to take pieces from from both to understand like how we've gotten to the point of forming the the unfortunately destructive relationship we have with the earth right now and understanding why that might be the psychology behind it and practical and ideological ways that we can change our perspective and and form a, a reciprocal gift giving relationship with the world it's 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 really really wonderful i i, I cannot amazing. recommend it more it's like it's like reading prose poetry and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really, really great. Whenever a guest suggests a book or something, I always will you do. read it. So heck yeah, let me know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. Well, that's amazing, Blake. You are so insightful and talented and kind. Like Connor said, we could have kept talking with you for for hours, but likewise, this was a really, really nice treat for us. Thank you for joining us, and well, thank you for having me. Oh, of course, you can come back anytime, anytime. And <laughs> hey, I... <laughs> I, don't tell me. <laughs> And I hope that everybody checks out Harmony. There's lots of opportunities and ways to see it. There's Mm -hmm. the Rush that is like at a great price. There's Thursday matinees, which is incredible if you're trying to squeeze in as many shows and do a trip to New York as possible. It's it's seriously one of the most special shows I've seen in a while. So I think everyone should should check it out. Oh well, thank you so much, y'all. Yeah, thank you. And where can everybody follow you online? I know you're you know not as so much online as (laughs) we others are. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. My Instagram is at it's Blake Roman, so you can hit me up on there. Uh, My SoundCloud is is also uh, Blake Roman, and my TikTok I it should be just at Blake Roman as well. Yeah, you should be able to find me. Um, Love it. Yeah, be trying to uh, definitely top him next year. That's another thing is uh, uh, redefining my relationship with social media, (laughs) being a little more active to to you know connect with folks. So. Totally. We'll link it all below. And of course, while everyone's following you, everyone should be following us or at the Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I'm at Dylan McDowell. Thank you again, Blake. I hope you have a wonderful start to 2024. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.